This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, July 18th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. When Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh comes before the U.S. Senate for confirmation hearings, one opinion of his should stand out. Clayman v. Obama, a case that unsuccessfully challenged the National Security Agency's bulk collection of data about your telephone calls. Matthew Feeney argues that the case raises some substantial concerns about Kavanaugh's view of American privacy. I recently spoke with Gene Healy about uh, Brett Kavanaugh, the new nominee to the U.S. Supreme Court, and uh, his record on cases relating to uh, civil liberties and, and surveillance. Now, you wrote a little more on uh, the Cato blog about a specific case, which was uh, Clayman v. Obama, and this challenged the constitutional uh, basis for uh, the NSA's collection of bulk telephone metadata. So first of all, explain roughly what that case specifically was uh, asking. Right. So as you said, the the case involved the NSA's metadata program uh, and uh, Larry Clayman challenged the constitutionality of the program. And this case uh, was making its way uh, through the courts and it eventually ended up uh, at the court where Brett Kavanaugh sits, which is the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. Now, uh, the interesting writing uh, that we have before us when it comes to Kavanaugh and this case uh, comes from a denial uh, of rehearing this case on banc, which means the, uh, the, the entire bench hearing the case after the D.C. Circuit uh, decided to stay a lower court injunction against this program. So what's interesting about this? Well, what's interesting is that the the court decided to uh, deny the rehearing and Kavanaugh decided to write a solo concurrence, which I think includes a number of interesting articles that Kavanaugh should be asked about when he's before the Senate Judiciary Committee. And the first thing to point out is that the, the beginning of this concurrence is rather ordinary uh, in the sense that... Uh, Kavanaugh says, look, uh, the government's collection of metadata from third parties like telecommunications providers uh, is consistent under the third party doctrine and based on precedent, uh, we should uphold this as constitutional. Okay. So now, now, now if you're observer of the Supreme Court, that seems perfectly reasonable given what you've heard the Supreme Court say in the past. Right. And Kavanaugh is a... Uh, appellate judge and it's appropriate for judges in that position to adhere to precedent. And uh, the third party doctrine, of course, is the uh, Fourth Amendment doctrine that was developed uh, in the 70s that uh, in a nutshell says that you uh, do not have a reasonable expectation of privacy to information you volunteer to third parties such as banks and uh, phone companies. So that that part of the, the concurrent seems uh, pretty straightforward, but then it takes an interesting turn, uh, and where I think the really interesting questions uh, are raised. So Kavanaugh goes on to write: even if the bulk collection of telephony metadata constitutes a search, the Fourth Amendment does not bar all searches and seizures; it bars only unreasonable searches and seizures. And he goes on to point out that. Quote, the government's program for bulk collection of telephony metadata serves a critically important special need preventing terrorist attacks 
on the United States. And he concludes by saying, in my view, that critical national security need outweighs the impact on privacy occasioned by this program. So here he's talking about special needs. Uh, and in, in Fourth Amendment jurisprudence, there is a special needs doctrine. And indeed, in this concurrence, Kavanaugh cites a few of these cases. But I think what's important to point out here, though, is that uh, in in the cases that even Kavanaugh cites, they're very uh, isolated incidents. So the drug testing of high school athletes or drunk driving roadblocks. Uh, and while there has been jurisprudence that's built on special needs, uh, I think it's important for, for listeners to consider that uh, the kind of precedent that Kavanaugh is citing here is uh, are cases that are very isolated and limited and specific. Uh, the NSA program was the indiscriminate warrantless collection of millions of Americans' uh, data. Uh, so I think to, to say that even if we chucked out the third-party doctrine, this would be a, a totally fine program under the Fourth Amendment is uh, a little concerning. Uh, so it would be as if uh, he is using these special cases to uh, justify a program that is routine. That is, that is like we don't have uh, drunk driving checkpoints 24-7 on highways and not all young people are routinely uh, and regularly tested for uh, drug use. Is that is that basically the distinction you're trying right. to draw? Yes, I think that's right. Uh, and and what, what's also interesting about this concurrence is that uh, when Kavanaugh says that this uh, this program, the metadata program, is critically important for preventing terrorism, he then doesn't cite uh, previous uh, cases, uh, but he cites the 9-11 Commission report. Uh, and this is interesting for, for a few reasons. Uh, the, the first is that uh, the 9-11 Commission report does not directly recommend uh, the bulk collection uh, of metadata that we see or saw in the NSA's program. And it doesn't, in fact, make the argument that such a program would have prevented the attacks. This is a really interesting citation. And I would like to add that the Privacy and Civil Liberties Oversight Board issued a report in 2014 examining the program under question. And they wrote, quote, Based on the information provided to the board, we have not identified a single instance involving a threat to the United States in which the telephone records program made a concrete difference in the outcome of a counterterrorism investigation. Uh, so it's not only a little odd that Kavanaugh would cite the 9-11 Commission report to justify uh, the program uh, because that report doesn't actually recommend such a program directly. But uh, a report that was published before Kavanaugh wrote this concurrence actually found that the program hadn't been effective uh, in counterterrorism efforts. So what does that tell us? Is this an error or is this just a, a very broad reading of the uh, powers of the federal government under the Fourth Amendment? Well, that's one of the uh, questions that I hope uh, a few members of the Senate Judiciary Committee uh, might feel compelled to ask Kavanaugh. Because if you're going to make the argument that the indiscriminate collection of millions of Americans' data uh, without warrants is a special need under the Fourth Amendment, uh, you, I hope, need to have a body of case law or 
evidence that uh, that that's true. Uh, and and Kavanaugh. Uh, cites only the 9-11 Commission report, which, at least to me, isn't uh, good enough to justify the kind of surveillance that was at question in the case. And this is particularly important because if Kavanaugh is uh, confirmed to the Supreme Court, as is widely expected, he will certainly have to consider questions involving privacy and national security. Uh, And this will these kind of questions will maybe involve emerging technology such as uh, drones or facial recognition. And even if the court uh, gets to the point where it's ready to overturn the third party doctrine, which I don't think is likely, but even if we got to that point, it's interesting that we could have a Supreme Court justice that thinks that national security uh, when it comes to these kind of programs, just serves a special need and uh, can function as a runaround Fourth Amendment protections. Matthew Feeney directs the Cato Institute Project on Emerging Technologies. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast. Cato Podcast.